Luke chapter 4, verses 14 to 30. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread throughout the whole countryside. He was teaching in their synagogues, and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. He began by saying to them, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. All spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious word that came from his lips. Isn't this Joseph's son, they asked. Jesus said to them, Surely you will quote this proverb to me. Physician, heal yourself. And you will tell me, Do hear in your hometown what we have heard that you did in Capernaum. Truly I tell you, he continued, no prophet is accepted in his hometown. I assure you that there were many widows in Israel in Elijah's time when the sky was shut for three and a half years and there was a severe famine throughout the land. Yet Elijah was not sent to any of them, but to a widow in Zarephath in the region of Sidon. And there were many in Israel with leprosy in the time of Elisha the prophet. Yet not one of them was cleansed, only Naaman the Syrian. All the people in the synagogue were furious when they heard this. They got up, drove him out of the town, and took him to the brow of the hill on which the town was built in order to throw him off the cliff. But he walked right through the crowd and went on his way. Continuing at Hebrews chapter 9, verses 11 to 12. But when Christ came as high priest of the good things that are now already here, he went through the greater and more perfect tabernacle that is not made with human hands, that is to say, is not a part of this creation. He did not enter by means of the blood of goats and calves, but he entered the most holy place once for all by his own blood, so obtaining eternal redemption. And in Luke chapter 1, verses 26 to 33. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. 
The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. This is the word of the Lord. Now this morning we conclude our series looking and thinking about the offices of Christ, Jesus, prophet, priest, and king. And over the last number of weeks, we have thought about a prophet. We thought about the prophet Samuel. We have thought about the priesthood, uh, particularly Melchizedek. We thought about kingship in Israel. We thought about that last week. And we thought last week about how the Israelites had asked for a king, but in doing so, in asking for an earthly king, they were rejecting God as their heavenly king. Now, throughout this series, we've alluded to the fact that these three offices, these three roles, if you like, point towards Jesus and are fulfilled in Jesus. And today what we're going to do is, is hopefully to tie up all the loose ends and show how Jesus is prophet, priest, and king. Now, before we do that, we have an important question to ask. And the question is this, why is this important? Why, why is it important? Why have you been going through this for the past however many weeks it's been? I mean, yes, John Calvin spoke about Jesus as prophet, priest, and king in his institutes, but only in the 1560 version. I have you know, which I'm sure you're all very familiar with. And of course, it's mentioned in the Westminster Confession of Faith and in the Shorter Catechism, But why is this important? Why in 2022 is it important that Jesus is prophet, priest, and king? Why does it make any difference in my life or your life? But what I want to suggest to you this morning is it makes all the difference in the world. All the difference in the world. If you don't understand that Jesus is your prophet, priest, and king, you're missing out on the richness of who Jesus is. You see, the fact is, we need to understand who Jesus is. We need to understand who Jesus claims to be and what he came to do. And this threefold office of Jesus helps us to understand who Jesus is and what he claimed and came to do. And so I want to show you today It's why it's so important that Jesus is our prophet, our priest, and our king. Now, I hope you noticed when John was uh, reading our passages uh, this morning, uh, that each reading was focused uh, on one of these offices. The first reading was uh, focused on Jesus as prophet. And in our first reading from Luke chapter 4, We see Jesus in the synagogue at the start of his ministry. And as he's in the synagogue, he unrolls a a scroll of the prophet Isaiah and says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. 
And so Jesus, as he unrolls this scroll, he quotes from Isaiah chapter 61. And then, as he rolls back the, the scroll back up again, he says to the assembled gathering, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Now, because this is Nazareth, where, where Jesus has been brought up, the people can't quite believe their ears. Because they understand what Jesus is saying. They're saying, Jesus is saying, look, Isaiah 61, this is me. This is me that we're, this is talking about here. This is a prophecy that I am fulfilling. And the people who are there, they're like, hold on. You're Jesus. We know who you are. We know you're the carpenter's son. How can this be? And Jesus says later, no prophet is accepted in his hometown. And so what I want you to see is that Jesus clearly sees himself as a prophet. And throughout the Gospels, we see Jesus being referred to often as a prophet. When, when people are trying to work out who Jesus is, they're saying, is he a prophet? Is this someone in the line of Elijah or Jeremiah? Is he a prophet? Now, as we thought about when we looked at Samuel the prophet, what does a prophet do? Well, a prophet, of course, has a message to proclaim. And it isn't a message just from themselves. It's not as if they just, you know, make something up and they proclaim it around because they're a good speaker. It's not a message from themselves. It's a message from God. That's what we discovered with Samuel, wasn't it? That Samuel just had to pass on what God told him to pass on. Jesus was a prophet. And he had a message to proclaim good news to the poor, to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And so what I want you to see is Jesus proclaims all these things. He's proclaiming the kingdom. He's saying the kingdom of heaven is near. And he also proclaims the kingdom in his actions, just like the, the prophets did in the, in the Old Testament. What does Jesus go around doing in his ministry? He heals people, same way Elijah does. He casts out demons. He does great miracles, feeding of the 5,000, the, the 4,000, the raising of Lazarus, all proof of who Jesus is. Jesus is a prophet. But as well as proclaiming the message, I want us to understand this morning that Jesus is the message. He is the message. Because what does he do in the Gospels in an unusual way? Well, he points towards himself. What does he say? I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. That's what Jesus says in John's Gospel. So we see that Jesus is a prophet because he has a message to proclaim. A message of repentance. A message of hope. A message that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. It's a wonderful message, isn't it? 
It's a message that each one of us needs to hear. But secondly, this morning, Jesus is also a priest. Now, he's not like the the priests that have come on the line of Aaron. Instead, as the book of Hebrews explains, Jesus is is a priest of a different order. He is the great high priest. Now, how is Jesus a priest? Well, what does a priest do? They intercede on behalf of the people, don't they? They offer sacrifices and they pray for the people. We see that in the Old Testament. And this is what Jesus does for us. Because here on earth, he offered himself as a sacrifice to satisfy divine justice and to reconcile us to God. And now in heaven, Jesus intercedes for us with his Father. And so what we need to see is this brings us to the cross. Because on the cross, we see Jesus satisfying the justice of God on account of our sin. But we also see him bringing us back to God as his dear children. And the greatest picture we have of this It's when Jesus dies on the cross. And it says in Matthew's Gospel that the temple curtain was torn in two. Now the temple curtain, it wasn't just a a flimsy curtain that you might get from Dunelm, Ikea. Other stores are available. The temple curtain was a really thick curtain. Kind of made of carpet. And it separated the, the holy place from the holy of holies. And the Holy of Holies was was the place where the high priest went once a year to offer sacrifices of atonement on behalf of the people. But when Jesus died, the curtain was torn in two. A symbol that now the way was available for everyone to come into the Not just the high priest once a year, but everyone could come in. Now why was this the case? Because Jesus had offered himself as a sacrifice. A sacrifice that is once and for all. And secures eternal redemption for everyone who believes. And so I want you to see this morning that Jesus is a priest. He is the great high priest. And it's through his sacrifice on the cross that we find forgiveness and that we're able to come before God covered by his righteousness. That's what Jesus' as priest does. And lastly, Jesus is our king. Our other reading from Luke's gospel was from the birth narrative of Jesus in Luke chapter 1. And we see the angel Gabriel saying to Mary about the baby she's going to have. Gabriel says, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Now last week we saw the Israelites ask for a king. And we saw how the Lord let them, even though the Lord knew that that was a rejection of him. 
But here we have Jesus, fully man, fully God, who sits on David's throne and who brings in a kingdom. And it's a very different kind of kingdom, isn't it? Because we know that the reigns of kings and queens eventually come to an end. We're just about to celebrate the platinum jubilee of the queen. It's incredible to think that she's sat on the throne for 70 years. But we know that eventually that that reign will come to an end. But what does Gabriel say here about Jesus? That Jesus brings in a kingdom, and this is a kingdom that lasts forever. Forever and ever. It's a kingdom that will never end. And so I want you to see this morning that in Jesus we have a perfect king. All the kings of Israel were imperfect, but Jesus is perfect. Why? Because he's divine. And he's the king that we need. A king who came to be served, not to serve. A king who one day, who before one day, everyone will bow down before. Jesus is a king. And yet he's unlike any earthly king, isn't he? He's a king who washes feet. He's a king who rides a donkey. He's a king who suffers. He's a king who even dies. How can that be? And yet he's the king that we need. And so I want us to see this morning that we have Jesus, a prophet who proclaims the good news, a priest who offers the ultimate sacrifice, a king who will reign forever and ever and whose kingdom will never end. And I want you to see this morning how important this is because by discharging these duties of prophet, priest, and king, Jesus is delivering us from the misery of ignorance, guilt, and bondage. Ignorance, because if we don't have Jesus as a prophet, then we'll never hear the good news. That's true, isn't it? If Jesus hadn't come, we wouldn't know the way of salvation. But Jesus has come. He's given us the message. He's pointed towards himself and said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So we need Jesus as our prophet to deliver us from ignorance. We also need delivered from guilt. Because if we don't have Jesus as our high priest, our great high priest, then no one can take away our sin. It's not as if we can live a good enough life that God will say, that's absolutely fine. You can just come in as though we've earned enough points. It doesn't work that way because none of us is perfect. None of us is good enough for God. And therefore we're in this quandary. Well, God is perfect. I'm imperfect. How can I ever have a relationship with God? But then Jesus comes. Our great high priest. The perfect sacrifice. And so he delivers us from guilt and shame and sin. So we need Jesus as our great high priest. And Jesus also delivers us from bondage. 
Because as we live here on earth, we live under earthly rule. And we know that around our world that not earth, all earthly rule is good rule, is it? And we're also in bondage when we're here on earth under sin. But when we believe and trust in Jesus, we see the sacrifice that He has made, and then we come under His kingship, then we suddenly realize that we no longer belong here on earth, that we are strangers here on earth, and that we belong to a different kingdom, a different place. We belong to the place of glory. Did you realize that when you became a Christian that your nationality changed? You're no longer an earthly person. You were a heavenly person. That's a wonderful thing, isn't it? But that's what happens when you put your faith and trust in Jesus and accept Him as King. Because you're saying, I come under His authority. And even though we're here on earth, we still belong to that heavenly kingdom. So I want you to see this morning that as prophet, priest, and king, that Jesus delivers us from ignorance, guilt, bondage. You see, Jesus brings the good news. He is the great high priest taking away our sin. And as our king, he brings freedom. He brings freedom. Sometimes people think, and I often say this, you know, Christianity is boring. You know, it's about spoiling our fun. Actually, if you're a Christian here this morning, you know that it's in Christ that there is true freedom, that there is a lightness in your spirit. Is that not true? Because you know that no matter what happens in your life, and sometimes things can be difficult and a struggle, you know that Jesus is your king, that Jesus is fighting your corner, And one day you will be with him forever. That's a wonderful thing to hold on to, isn't it? You see, when you're struggling in life, when things are difficult in your life and you're not a Christian, where do you turn? There's no hope. But in Jesus, when he's your king, there is hope. Now we started today with a question. And it might be apt for us today to finish with a question and to ask ourselves, well, why is all this important? Well, it's important because these things show what Jesus has truly done. And I don't know about you, but as you look at the different aspects, prophet, priest, king, I realize in my heart of hearts and in my life, I need Jesus. I need him because I need the good news he brings as prophet. I need the the sacrifice that he made on the cross and his intercession as our great high priest. I need him to be king of my life because that's the only way to true freedom. What about you today? Do you need this Jesus? Do you truly understand who Jesus is? Do you glory in the message he's brought? The sacrifice? 
do glory that he's your king. You see, I want you to leave today and you're just like, yes, I've got it. Understand about Jesus. Understood for the first time the message. Wonderful. The sacrifice for me. The kingdom, which means no matter what's happening, I can still have hope, still have joy. Do you not want that today? Lift up your eyes. See, Jesus, just as he is, search the scriptures. See, Jesus, as he is, listen to the prompting of the Holy Spirit in your own heart and see Jesus for who he is. He is our prophet. He is our priest. He is our king. And I want you to see this morning, it's stunning. It's glorious. It's wonderful. I want you to leave this place so light, praising God that he sent his only begotten son, prophet, priest, and king. Shall we just pray together? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we think about these great truths this morning, we thank you that these are not just theoretical truths about Jesus, but these are practical truths. Because if Jesus wasn't prophet, then we would have no good news. And we wouldn't know the way to salvation. If Jesus wasn't a priest, then there would be no sacrifice. There would be no intercession. And your wrath would not be turned away. There would be no forgiveness for sin. If Jesus were not king, then we would be under bondage, under earthly rule, under the rule of sin and shame. But Father, as we understand why Jesus came, and all that he has done. We pray that we might rejoice in the richness of Jesus, prophet, priest, and king. Jesus bringing the good news of the kingdom. Jesus paying the price for sin at the cross. Jesus, a king who reigns forever and ever. And we thank you that when we believe and trust in Jesus, then we are part of that heavenly kingdom. But though we are foreigners and strangers here on earth, that we belong to a different place. And Lord God, we pray today, especially if we're struggling, struggling in our lives, struggling in our faith, that we would try take these great truths to our heart and we might rejoice in who Jesus is and all that he has done. So, Heavenly Father, we ask that you would move us this morning and that you might fill us with your Holy Spirit to be the people you have called us to be, to your glory and honor and praise. For we pray these things in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen.